From the Far East to the Great West, the podcast that celebrates the red-headed stepchild of the Kung Fu genre, Bruce Bloitation. Welcome to the Clones Cast. Here are your hosts, Michael and Matthew. Welcome to the Clones Cast. Tonight we are talking about the 1979 Godfrey Ho anomaly, The Dragon, The Hero. Michael, this is a Godfrey Ho film? (laughs) Yeah, as a matter of fact, I've got some pictures to prove it because uh, (laughs) he gave me a few of them. Because I I wasn't sure myself, to be honest with you, because I've seen so many of his films. I was like, I don't know if he did this one, but I got photos of him on the set. So he he was definitely there. Yeah, I mean, he's done like hundreds of like the most like makeshift nonsensical films of all time right oh absolutely and he admits to it too i mean there were times (laughs) he said where they would i mean they would come to him and say we just need to put your name on this because nobody will know the name that it's you know who made the film so when it gets to the more international releases people at least recognized his name well this was my first viewing of this uh and uh, i was very pleased out of the gate uh it's in original mandarin with subtitles oh good that's the way to see it yeah, I was very thrilled. When was uh, when was your first viewing? Uh, interestingly enough, this was the very first Bruce Bloitation film I ever saw in Chinese as well. And I saw it at the Great Star Theater in San Francisco in Chinatown. I happened to be walking through Chinatown one day, and as I was passing by the theater because I'd never been in it before, they had this poster up for the movie that was coming next week, and it was The Dragon, The Hero which has a funny translation. The, the Chinese translation, I think, is not a specialist, but big in martial arts. <laughs> or whatever, whatever that exactly is supposed to mean. But um, I, went, I went the next week because I saw Dragon Lee on the poster, and I'd already seen him in The Real Bruce Lee and a, a couple other films at that point. So it was my first time, and I felt like, I remember as a little kid feeling like I was watching a real authentic kung fu movie at this point because, you know, here I was in the theater, and it was all the locals, and... Uh, I was probably the only white kid in there, and uh, I loved it. I mean, my first impression, I was a little thrown off because I wasn't prepared for it being a much more classical styled kind of kung fu movie, but um, I have always maintained it's one of my favorite films that Dragon Lee ever did. Yeah, he was cool. Um, I was so surprised, like, you know, this is all very new to me. So last podcast, we we talked about uh, Bruce Lai, I'm sorry, Bruce Lee. Right. And Bruce Lee, he was a very different creature than Bruce Lee. You know, he was a lot smaller, and he was it was very toned, and he but he was very small. Uh, I and I and I know that's kind of a weird thing to say considering Bruce Lee wasn't exactly huge, but I think when you look compared to like the castmates and the people you're fighting, something about uh, Bruce Lee seemed so so strange. Well dragon he seems bigger and he looks even more like bruce lee but he seemed more like a bruce lee impersonator than bruce lee right so well and and it's funny i actually always called dragon lee the bruce lee exaggerator because the guy is so like he's like wound up on i don't know what he's wound up on yeah he yeah you know what i mean he's he's like he's like bruce lee times about eight (laughs) (laughs) exactly he's throwing his jacket around he's doing all the moves he's got the face and he keeps doing the face, the, hmm, oh, what are you trying to pull? You know, it was it was awesome. Anyway, I love this. You're dead on. It was like a throwback to every kung fu movie you've ever seen. We get to talk about all the different styles. 
And it starts out hilariously, right? So I, I don't think I've seen a movie with Philip Coe, so. Right, so which is kind of the reason I know we, we're doing this, because we're, as we're recording this, it's about, about a month and a half, two months now since he's passed away. So we kind of wanted to dive in and grab one of his, his films. And this is actually one of my favorites that he did. So, But what a, what a character in this, huh? Oh, my God, he's just brilliant. So from the beginning, I'm like, okay, I get, like, right when I see him, I'm like, okay, I, I understand the kind of villain he can be. And then we have, uh, oh, what is his name? Uh, uh, Chan Lao. Chan Lao is his cohort. There is the old the groper. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the first fight, I just like of all things, I, I just didn't expect it. Of all things, the first big fight, Bolo, yep. with a hilarious cameo as King Kong. As King Kong, prior to the King Kong, prior to even movies, that this movie takes place. <laughs> so it yeah. takes place in like the early eighteen hundreds or something. Oh, that's hilarious. But yeah, very funny. That first fight, the dialogue was wonderful. Those fruit references. Ooh, juicy watermelon as he grabbed his pecs. Yes. And, ooh, Going and to bananas. pick your mango. What a big yeah. mango. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just wonderful. I just, well, see, now I what you're, was... it's interesting because one of the things, just real quick, is that it's good you saw the Chinese version because I, I haven't seen the English in a while, but I know the dialogue is totally different because they figured it was to, to say that it wasn't going to translate to an American audience, you know, so they say something completely different. Oh, I would but have been so ripped off. Oh, I know. That's what I mean. Sometimes when you read the uh, the translations and the uh, in the Chinese, it's great. It's some of the best stuff. Wow! I must pick your fruits! <laughs> <laughs> Now, the other thing is, is Bolo, if uh, he, he actually played this kind of character in a couple other Bruce Boitation films where they kind of harried him up and had him, uh, you know, had him act like a sort of a, a simian <laughs> character. Like in Bruce in the Shaolin Kung Fu, which he did with Bruce Lee, he plays a very similar guy. He's like lurching over and shrugging his shoulders. And it's just, it's pretty, and he can put the hair on the toes. They do the whole thing. That was really surprising. I'm like, why is there hair in the places that there's hair? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was to be pulled, which is mm-hmm. fine. You know, very, the whole Chuck Norris, Bruce Lee thing where he right. you hit it. That's the hair it. from. That's exactly yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Oh, not to mention, uh, that scene. Oh, my Lord. In Way of the Dragon. I'll never forget it. I knew Chuck Norris really well before I ever got to see Way of the Dragon. So then to see him all freaking hairy like that uh yeah so i can see why they would just keep bringing it back right yeah now you and now you know why his hair isn't wasn't as on his body as much later because bruce took it off yeah right he just got stuck that way yeah (laughs) yeah so following in the plot this is like anything right they they obviously wanted there to be a, a a plot and they wanted some kung fu but then they threw in all these western actors Right now, you're you're talking yeah you're talking about those two guys in particular, the guys that are running the smuggling op- operation. Which Thank you. Is, I'm glad you caught that. I couldn't quite figure out what they were doing. Well, yeah. What's interesting is the 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 actors, the the two guys is a guy named Al. He goes by Alexander all the time, and the other guy's name was Jim uh, Jim James, I think. Now, it's interesting about both of those two guys, the two white guys in this movie. They were both two of the men in Fists of Fury with the guns that shoot Bruce Lee at the end of the movie. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so they, they, they both kind of worked, they'd already worked together in that. That's and, funny, and um, they seem to know Mandarin. 
Yes, they do. I th- I don't know if some of these guys they did know Mandarin, so they would just speak it. But other times, if they didn't, they were just like some work you know locally working white guy in town that they used a lot. They'd speak English and they would just dub it in later, whatever that you know whatever the the language was, Mandarin or Cantonese. Oh man, so you brought this up last time about how everything, most of these movies, the audio was recorded later. Was that the case with this one? Yeah, I think in this case, I mean certainly. I mean, there, I've never seen a version of this with sound. So, I mean, this is all looped in. And, and, and a lot of times it has to do with the fact that they're shooting like three or four movies around. So everybody's screaming and yelling and you would never get good sound anyway. Yeah. You know, not, it's not like here where they yell quiet on the set and everybody shuts up, you know. so. Well, most of the time I pulled out of it. And maybe I wasn't in this case because it wasn't in English. So I didn't have quite the sensation that the mouths were matching up to the words or... Yeah, and what I love about both the Chinese and the the English dub of this is Philip Coe's voice. He's got this deep voice, and he's in the English <laughs> voice. It's really like, "Yes, I will fight you." You know, it's really intense, man. And I remember as a kid when I saw it, he was so imposing in that, um, in that, in all of his his fight scenes with his voodoo and the weather and the whole thing. You know, knowing my name will not lengthen your life. <laughs> and in fact, there's that early fight scene where we haven't really talked about him yet where John Liu who's the kind of the star of the film he goes in and fights the three guys uh, in front of um, in front of uh, Chan Lao at the at his office to get hired well the, one of the three guys he's fighting I think it was three it might have been four three or four one of the three guys he was fighting is uh, Mars and Mars I was wondering yeah he was one of the guys so that scene and I'm, I'm almost sure I, I didn't really specifically ask them exactly but I think that was the last time both Mars and Philip Coe who's also in that same scene you know watching from up on the window was the last time they had worked together before I interviewed them on uh, our upcoming documentary so it was kind of cool you know to, to get a chance to bring them together for the first time since doing this film yeah, that was awesome. See, I don't know Mars well, and in the credits, of course, it just shows him as Thug. So I'm yeah. like, well, I, I got to figure out who he is. I know he's a bigger guy, so I was trying to look for him. But yeah, that's awesome. Um, on the Western idea, you know, it's really because a lot of these um, the, these martial arts films at this time particularly were very inspired by the spaghetti westerns because they were so successful that they were emulating them all the time and i think with this film particularly you see so much spaghetti western references in this in terms of of, you know godfrey's shooting style and in terms of the characters being so over the top even though you know the music of course they do this all the time the theme song is uh ennio morricone's run man run from yeah you Ah. know so they're constantly playing that but the um just the thing with the um the hourglass i was gonna say that yeah, it feels you know, just like you, a western, right? It, well, not only just the western, but if you remember, uh, for a few dollars more, Lee Van Cleef had the stopwatch, and he would turn that on. Oh. So there's, you know, and then just the idea of of uh, Chan Lau's, you know, privates being bitten off, and now he's in a wheelchair, and he's got this rabid dog personality, and you have these very over the top bizarre elements that were so prevalent in spaghetti westerns at the time. You know, this is like 1978, 79. So we get to meet um, our hero. Uh, it's John Liu, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was cool. Uh, uh, he was one of my idols. Him and he, outside of these Bruce Lee, this John Liu is one of my favorites. And then uh, he was uh, paired up with what his name is uh, Chung Ling. You, you're talking about the, his partner in the film? Yeah. Tino yeah. Wong. Well, I mean, he's, they all have different names. But Tino uh, no, Wong is right. kind of what he's most known by. 
I know I might have it wrong. You know, it's so funny. If you look at the Wikipedia article on this, um, it's it's terrible. Uh, let's let me see. He is, oh yeah, Tino Wang Chung as Tang. Uh, but then uh, I just love uh, the comic relief in this. It's two guys. It's uh, Chen Cam and David Wu Daiwa. The two and dishwashers. It's the, <laughs> it's the fat dishwasher and the thin it, dishwasher. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which was a common thing with these movies. You know, they'd get a really thin guy and a really you know, heavy fat guy to sort of play Laurel and Hardy with each other. You won't be able to catch all these plates even if you had 60 hands. Watch it, the boss. Totally. But were they dishwashers? It seemed like they were making dye or something. Yeah, they were, they were working. Yeah, they were working in one of the proletariat jobs, obviously doing stuff for clothing, etc. But I think they put dishwasher because they probably that's they were washing dishes in that scene. Okay, okay, that's why. Uh, Because later on, I'm just like, well, they keep showing up and they, you know, I can see why they did it. Like if we just is this going to be a serious kung fu movie? No, listen, guys, it's going to turn into a dog later. A ballless dog that's been in a wheelchair the whole time, and he's gonna start attacking people, play dead, and then start attacking people more. We need a fat guy and a skinny guy yeah. to <laughs> fight in the middle. You know, we need some comedy. Yeah. Well, and now you know, with most of these movies, I mean, you do get the feeling as you watch them that there is an element of how do we extend our running time? You know, oh, so you, sure. you got your idea, you got your premise. Okay. We've beaten it up a little bit. How are we going to extend this to make it 90 minutes? So, they, so they go into these, you know, extraneous scenes and characters that sometimes crop in that, uh, they probably did for that reason. Well, and that's definitely where we get the, uh, the Westerners and the drug smuggling. Oh, I felt like they were trying like with the, with the, the Westerners, Alexander and the guy, it made me think of Fist of Fury and the, you know, Bruce's uh, disciple with the suspenders. Like, there's something at this point about pitting these Americans or, or just Westerners, Westerners in general against the the Chinese. Yeah, well, no, and, and you know, like, again, with with those two characters, they were both, they were, they actually, they were both in Way of the Dragon and Fist of Fury, so Bruce Lee would use them as as uh, extras, uh, you know, particularly Alexander. He'd been working since, like, the early 70s in these Hong Kong films. He was in The Dragon oh. Lives Again later, The Tattoo Connection. He'll pop up in a couple of these films that we might see down the line. So he's been in a few Bruce Bluetation films. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, of course, you know, they gotta, they got to stick the foreigner in there somewhere. It's either the Japanese or the, uh, the Americans. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, his opening is shoving paper in the mouth of a parrot, a bad-mouthed parrot. <laughs> That's right. This poor, you felt sorry for that poor, that poor parrot. Oh, yeah, that cracked me up. When you, so when you watch this, I mean, I know you don't see it. Like for, That's why I'm kind of interested like with your take on this because you, know, you haven't seen these, many of these films, so you came into this one, especially after we saw you know, recent, with the, last, the last thing we did was uh, you know, the dead, Bruce's Deadly Fingers. It was a very contemporary sort of Bruce, 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 Bruce kind of movie where here the Dragon Lee character that, that he plays in this is, as you said earlier, was almost like an anomaly. You know, you've got this very standard at the time kung fu film with the animal styles and the family tradition and, you know, revenge and all this stuff with the very tech, you know, those old training sequences with the clay pots and the eggs in the wall and that whole thing. And then, yeah. and then you have Dragon Lee coming in with his, you know, thumbing his nose and the shuffling. And, you know, so I was just wondering how you absorbed it and how you 
you know your your take on it when you just by watching it for the first time well yeah you got it my first watch i was i was pretty confused i'm like so what does this have to do with bruce lee the dragon you know the hero the dragon like um okay but i can see now that it was like it they wanted bruce lee to be a cameo in a movie and he's dead so <laughs> they're like well Let's just get Dragon in here. Yeah, it, it was very strange. It was very much like it was just added in. Uh, maybe just a way to bring the billing in or something. I, I He added nothing to it except a little bit of hammy fun around Bruce Lee, which I liked a lot. And I'm sure anyone watching it, we all love Bruce Lee. So it's kind of like, this is great, right? But yeah, like if you take him out, and you you take out the um, the westerners and the drug smuggling, and you make it all about Philip Co uh, and uh, Chan Lao and Chun Lang and John Liu, and you just have them fighting. That would have been the movie, right? Right. Well, I think you're right. That's and that's kind of how, as a kid, I I sort of I, even though I went into it to see Dragon Lee. I, when I got into this, I realized it, it felt very like, like you said, even at, you know, 10 years old or where it was, I was when I saw this, 11 years old, it was very, um, you know, it felt like it was stuck in there. And when I, I talked to Godfrey Hull about that a little bit, I was, you know, asking him that. And he said, you know, they, they at that time particularly, they were really demanding still the Bruce Lee-like films. And so they knew that in doing this, that one of the things that would help, and they were working with, and Godfrey was working with Dragon Lee at that point, was to put him in there, and um, and so you you have that whole sequence too, where he pulls out the thumb chucks, you know, the nunchucks that are wrapped oh, to his thumb. Those when, were cool, right? And that I, I asked him about that too, and he said, "Well, that was because they knew that they couldn't just constantly repeat Bruce Lee with nunchakus, Bruce Lee with nunchakus." So they came up with this idea. I don't know whose idea exactly it was, but um, that. That interestingly enough, the only person I've ever seen use those was Dragon Lee, and he did use them in several other films. So it's probably something that emanated from him that that he used. In fact, I asked him about it when we were in Korea. Uh, I just haven't got the translation back, so I don't know the full details on it. But I thought it was pretty pretty ingenious and interesting. You know, I remember trying to make a pair when I got home after I saw it. <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I just like you. I'm like I, like I'm like those aren't. Those aren't nunchakus. Like, what? The, what is he doing? No, and, and that's I, it. That's exactly to... it. They were trying to one up what was common at that point in Bruce Boitation. You know, for him to pull out a pair of nunchakus, they'd seen that you know twenty times before. So they said, "How are we gonna? How are we gonna do it? With but you know, change it and evolve it." And, and that's what they came up with. And, and I think Rage of the Dragon and Kung Fu Fever, Dragon Lee used those um, again in that film. In those films, hmm. I look forward to seeing them. Yeah, I think you will. One of them, anyway. <laughs> I like that. You no, know, one of my favorite parts of uh, Deadly Fingers was uh, the Nenchaku scene. I mean, he—it's such a cool thing to watch. It's—it takes some skill. I mean, I've tried it many times, and I can't say I've ended like a YouTube video, a fail video, where I hit myself too hard or whatever. But I was never good, you know. <laughs> You know, what's funny about that is I just did a, a scene that's this film that I just shot called The Sugar Moon Tribe where there's a sequence in it where a girl's posing for her boyfriend, you know, doing they're doing photos for some paleo nutrition company. It's a comedy. And she's standing in her room with a pair of nunchakus over her head and and uh, <laughs> and it's actually 
um, those new chakras that I used in the film were actually Bruce Lee's actual pair that he trained with. I got them years and years ago from a friend of mine. Oh, who, my so Lord. So they, they were actually his. So we got them into another movie. That's fantastic. Well, so one of my favorite things, uh, we, we get down, uh, it's time to, to fight. Philip Coe's character just goes nuts. I mean, this went from like kind of a standard kung fu movie with some Bruce Lee stuff and the standard random weird plot stuff going on too we're going weird we're going into david lynch territory not letting um chan lao touch the ground so <laughs> it was this weird sort of um balance kung fu thing of throwing your foot forward to make sure the guy could never ground himself right it was like somehow becoming ungrounded it was it was quite quite strange well, again, and that's and, and if you and I ever ventured into because one of my other favorite genres is the spaghetti westerns, which there are as many spaghetti westerns as there are kung fu movies for sure. But this is that kind of thing you would see in the Django movies and the Trinity movies. I mean, everyone's seen the Sergio Leone movies, but they got so over the top and bizarre into where there was like westerns with circus troops and and just crazy, <laughs> crazy stuff. And to me, this. This kung fu film emulates those films as good as any do as any have, you know, where you have these bizarre characters and attributes with like we were just talking about um, what you're just talking about now. And I think that's one of the things that's kind of fun about this this film is that it, it goes bizarre without getting too crazy. I mean, what I mean, obviously it's <laughs> it's full of crazy, but it stays within the realm of beings not taking you too far out of where we are at, where we're at in the story. Oh, it's kind of where I started really having fun. I'm like, what? <laughs> first, first, like, keeping him off the ground. That was just weird. And it, it took a lot of skill. And it took a lot of really interesting, uh, to a lot of reverse filming and stuff. Right, to, yeah. <laughs> to make it, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. And then, of course, uh, oh, and Chan Lao. Chan Lao. Oh, that is one of what I thought was one of the craziest moments in this. That he just suddenly gets on his, gets on all fours. And he's he's pretty much like rushing at the guys like a wolf or something like that. Yeah. And and yeah, and there's even a, there's even the plan like oh I'm gonna like punch him. Nope. He threw out his tongue like a dead animal and laid down <laughs> on the ground. Okay, so he's dead. You watch him. I'm gonna go do some other stuff. And and then of course he's back up and we get another battle. And you know it was it was very funny. It was very it was really well done, but hilarious to watch. Yeah, it was. It was. It's definitely was. Um, we were definitely again going into this bizarre territory. But I, what was so memorable about it? I mean, when you think about this movie, and and that's why I'm glad we're doing it with Philip in mind, is that he's one of the things that really sticks out. Because a lot of times, I mean, look, if you got a guy who's a rabid dog fighter, and you got Dragon Lee, and you got this amazing kicker that's John Liu, you'd think one of those guys is going to win out. But Ko is just so over the top with his crazy storm-inducing kung fu. It's just, you just can't, you know, he just really, it stands out in this movie, I think. No, you got it. Like, take Philip Ko out of this and that weird character, and you really have a pretty traditional run-of-the-mill kung fu movie. And you're right, absolutely. And it, Which I think is an interesting point because one of the things, you know, when I when in this book that I've been working on that I look at is that there's, Bruce Bloitation films that are so obvious, you know, I mean, they, it, and sometimes 
it's not unfairly so because just because a guy who played Bruce Lee in a number of films, if he does another film that's non-Bruce Lee, we still tend to call it Bruce Bloitation because he's in it. That's why Bruce Lee got so dissatisfied with the business. It was sort of like no matter what he did, he was always being Bruce, you know, Bruce Lee for everybody. So he, he kind of just moved on. But this is an example of a film that. You know, on the surface, you don't outside of Dragon Lee, like you said, it's not hasn't. We wouldn't call it Bruce Bloitation. You pull Dragon out, there is no Bruce Bloitation in this. But because he comes in and plays that guy so well, and was specifically put in there as Godfrey was saying, because they wanted that Bruce Lee element. You know, it's back on the back on the charts. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought it was pretty terrific. Uh, I, I would say uh, best thing I took from it was probably watching um let me get the name straight uh it, our hero john lou john lou yeah yeah he he really was just such a phenomenal fighter and such cool style but um who was it was it also john lou or was it uh i i still have his name as uh chung ling but you you have him as another name. well that's fine yes yeah, it's just the different pronunciations yeah. they can't tino, tino wong is kind of one of you know one of the sort of the Americanized was it version. Tino that was doing the um he was doing the extended like leg fighting with the two guys no that's John of... John Luke because okay. that's what he's known for is his 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 leg technique like his kicking as a matter of fact he one of the things that historically about him is you know he fought Chuck Norris in competition at one time so there's another uh Chuck Norris connection for us but um he surprisingly John Lou did very few films compared to a lot of these other actors like he's only done like as an actor like 20 films but where these other guys have done 40 50 60 movies but i would say half of the ones that he did if not more are like classic kung fu films and if you ever look them up like uh, the secret rivals the snuff bottle connection uh, invincible kung fu trio this one mars via fighting ace he did one that was great called the um uh, incredible kung fu mission which was sort of like the Dirty Dozen where he pulls together all these, you know, rejects, puts them all together, trains them, and they go assault this fortress with this incredible kung fu master and, like, everybody dies. But it's nice. so, so good, you know. But he he was just so impressive with his kicking that that was kind of his deal, you know. Well, I was very impressed with that scene. Um, it's two guys, and they're, like, stopping him from going in and actually battling other people. So... The first thing that happens is one of them attacks him, and he's just holding him away with his foot. Yep. And the guy looks down, and he's like, oh, shit, that's why I'm not like, making any contact. It's it's very it's comedic, but it was really cool. Because then it's really just showcasing. You said it, he's known for this, so it was cool. He gets him. He, he doesn't actually kick him in the face, but he keeps his foot just far enough away from his face. It was just like the mysterious hands that they showed in this. But he was doing it with his foot. Get it in his face. And it, yeah, it was really cool. It was all of the the foot kung fu, uh, the leg kung fu, which I'm glad you told me this because then that was even brought up another time. It was like, what's wrong with your arms? It's like right when he's fighting nothing. Dragon Lee. Yeah, he's like, I could yeah. use those too if I want. <laughs> your feet only now. Tell me, are your arms broken? I'll prove that they're still in use. <laughs> I know, I think that was kind of just like a, a joke on him just because he uses his feet so well. But, I mean, once you see him when he uses it, it's just, it just it's it's like his arms, you know? I mean, they're just as fast and as dexterous as his arms, you know? 
Yeah. yeah, I was very impressed. How about you? Favorite scene? Yeah, favorite scene in the movie. I, I, you know, as a kid, it always was that just him pulling out those thumb chucks. But I, I, you know, and and, and fighting uh, those guys because as a kid, that was my, you know, I was into the Bruce Lee aspect of it. But I would say, in hindsight, now just the fight, the th- the two on one fight with uh, Philip and Tino and um, and John Lou at the end is just it's it's probably my favorite part. I could watch that a bunch of times. How about you? Yeah, it's a thing of magic. It is. Uh, yeah, if I didn't go for that, um, <laughs> the, honestly, I'd never seen anything quite like uh, the the scene with uh, Chen Lao and uh, them not letting him touch the ground. It was just so strange. But no, I'd have to say in dog battling, that was probably the highlight for me. Dog, oh yeah, <laughs> it was because it was. They pulled it out later. You know what I mean? It was sort of like a yeah. a nice reveal later on. Right, like he looks sickly the whole time. You could tell he's wearing a lot of makeup. Yeah, that white makeup. It, it's like, yeah, it's like he's just from some other movie, and they pulled him in. And he's he's gonna die. He's he just loves watching kung fu. So once they actually break out, okay, he's actually not. He doesn't even need to be in the wheelchair. And then his makeup gets weirder, and. The, the video effects are weirder and he yeah he becomes this this spirit dog creature thing it was it was something and else what does dragon say to him he goes you're a mad dog and i must put you down or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah you got it yeah that was terrific oh one of my favorite quotes in this it was uh it was i think it was when um uh, when chung Lang was fighting some people anyway he said all you have is money all I have is kung fu. That's right. <laughs> I was just like, "Yes, kick there's, their asses." There's actually a uh, movie called "All He Has Is Kung Fu." I think. <laughs> it's a good That's title. Perfect. Yeah, I know, isn't That's it? Perfect. Yeah, it's great. Well, um, there we are, sir. Well, I think it was a, uh, definitely we... appropriate. You know, Philip Co. Um, Philip Co. You know, like I said, I you know. It was for me, you know, it was, it was appropriate in the sense that Mar- you have Mars, Dragon Lee, and Philip Coe all in one movie together, and having a chance to meet them recently. And I think he's he stands out. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna see him in a few other films where he's he plays pretty intense, really memorable characters. But for me, this will always be his best. That's awesome, and I, I'm really happy to get to know Philip Coe. I, this was just really fun. I, I appreciate you bringing it out to me so I could. Uh, educate myself and uh yeah a lot of fun good man well i'm glad we're we've, we've we're down to uh bruce exploitation actors now <laughs> yeah yeah all right so are we gonna jump to news do you have any yeah i don't you know in terms of news i i think the only thing is is i and again as of this date that's going on right now is there's a couple great blu-ray releases we're coming out we've got game of death that they i think it was shop factory that put it out um on amazon I just saw it and I just ordered it just because it's got um, it's got a lot of cool extra features on it, so it's kind of worth getting. Um, and then, um, really, I think that's about it for for the releases this uh, this month. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Michael. Uh, let's sign out with the sweet sounds of Morricone and the theme of Dragon the Hero. Until next time. Centuries ago, the legendary priest Shaolin created the all-powerful Shaolin Strike Rock Fist.